Two, one. And I think it's time that we start the conversation to silence the shame. Silence the shame. Silence the shame. Silence, the shame. silence is the difference between treatment or pain, life or death. Silence the shame. Speak up now and silence. 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 Silence the shame. Hello, hello, Silence the Shamers. This is your host of the Silence the Shame podcast, Shanti Das. To my right, I have my co-host, Free the Vision. What up, what up? How are you doing, Free? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Shanti? I am doing really well, and I'm extremely excited about today's episode. Um, as you know, this is May, mm-hmm. which is Mental Health Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and um, this podcast dropping, you know, today, May 8th, is is exciting mm-hmm. um, because we're going to talk about a subject that we have not yet talked about. Yeah. And particularly in a community um, of color that we have not addressed yet, um, mm-hmm. just because, you know, we haven't met a lot of folks yet in the community of Latino or Hispanic descent, and mm-hmm. I'm just honored to have this Wonderful, wonderful lady that I happened to just meet in the airport. I love this. Um, as a part of the show, it was really, I can't remember where I was flying to, but she came up to me and she said she was really proud of the work that I was doing with Silence of Shame. And it Dope. almost brought me to tears. And I'm like, because it, it was a tough day and, you know, just getting on and off these airplanes can just be trying at times. And so it really, I felt like God placed her in my life at that moment for a reason. You know, it took us a couple of weeks to get our both of our schedules in line because we're both very busy. Um, but again, truly, truly blessed to have her as a part of the show so as we talk about postpartum depression Mm -hmm. um, which is something that affects so many women no matter what you know race ethnicity area code zip code you Mm -hmm. know that you Mm -hmm. live in how much money you make is something that is you know tough for a lot of women that they have to face and and but it's so much happening now from an advocacy standpoint and a lot of resources and treatment out there for women. So anyway, I'm excited to get into this conversation today Me too. around I really, postpartum there's a lot depression. I to learn about this actually. So let's give a really really big silence to shame welcome to this amazing Spanish teacher slash educator Joyce. Estrada Bailey. There you go. Ah. Thank you. Gracias. Welcome, welcome. Appreciate it. Hola. Mm-hmm. Hola, como estas? Muy bien. Muy bien. There we go. There we go. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited no, to be here. We are so honored to have you here today. So I want to start with how Wikipedia um, describes postpartum depression. Postpartum depression, BPD, is also called postnatal depression, is a type of mood disorder associated with childbirth, which can affect both sexes, which is a question that I was going to ask later, but we'll get back into that. Symptoms may include extreme sadness, low energy, anxiety, crying episodes, irritability, and changes in sleep patterns or eating patterns. Onset is typically between one week, which I didn't realize that, and one month following childbirth. BPD can also negatively affect the newborn child. Joyce, can you describe postpartum depression in your own words? And at what stage can the mother or family recognize the signs and symptoms? Yeah, I think that the description Wikipedia um, gave, it's really um, detailed and and right on what I experienced, you know, but I think the key word there was extreme because I've been Mm -hmm. sad, but I was extremely sad. Okay. You know, um, there's things that as a new mom, you go through that are normal, you know, a little bit of anxiety, maybe not understanding how to, you know, make sure the child stop crying. Mm -hmm. Um, Those things were normal, but experiencing it to the extreme Mm -hmm. um, and to the point where I actually wanted to take my life, Mm -hmm. that's when I realized, hold up, this is not normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
reflecting back because when you're going through the stages, mm -hmm. um, no one can tell you different. You right. know, you just feel like there's no solution, what is wrong. But um, going into that little dark circle of wanting to kill myself is when I realized there was a problem. Sure. You know, and um, I have three children and I experienced postpartum depression, not realizing that's what it was mm -hmm. after my first one. You know, mm -hmm. three years later, I had another one and I almost didn't even have time to really experience it because at my six week checkup, I was pregnant with my third child. Are you kidding? Mm. So wow. my last two or 11 months apart and I think that that when he was born it was almost like that double dose now mm -hmm. I have two babies they're both in my arms it's like having twins mm -hmm. and it was it was a very difficult time um, mm -hmm. for me a lot of crying a lot of um, arguments feeling very empty arguments with your husband with, with your husband uh -huh. you know and he would tell me you are going through postpartum depression really mm. and I would be like what are you talking about you're just saying that look you just look you didn't clean up the dishes I would like pick on little things mm -hmm. that I felt like he wasn't doing right yeah and um he would ask me you know let's go seek treatment let's go talk to somebody but um being Latina and the culture that you are you have to be strong mm -hmm. this is not mm -hmm. we don't seek treatment we don't seek help and so to me that wasn't necessarily a solution and I felt like it was a sign of weakness mm. you know mm. and I know that you read something like you experienced it about a month or two yes. um after birth mm -hmm. which can happen but it could be nine months after really and you're still affected by it mm. because again that was in my case it was something that was long term mm -hmm. and I just you know I wasn't willing to talk to a pastor I wasn't willing to acknowledge it at all because even though I heard postpartum mm -hmm. depression I didn't realize that's what I was experiencing I mm -hmm. thought I was just unhappy with my love life and mm. those choices I made. Now, it's interesting you said talk to a pastor because some people do go to their place of worship, right, mm -hmm. or their faith community when they're experiencing behavioral health challenges, and some people don't. Are you, Do you attend a church or do you have a pastor in your wheelhouse, if you will, that you sometimes go to when you're experiencing just any life challenges? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a pastor that I go to. One thing that I realized experiencing then, because there was a little bit of the shame that mm -hmm. we're trying to silence, mm -hmm. where I didn't want to seek treatment, and I learned to kind of like self-medicate with my own words, with my goals, because mm. one once I went through treatment, and I know we're kind of speeding ahead, mm -hmm. I realized that that's not who I am. Right. And I know who I was, you know. But not everybody has that ability, you know, to kind of to recognize that and dig themselves out of that hole, that's you know. Right. That's right. And again, that part where I wanted to end my life is that one part that I knew I don't want to go back to that feeling again. I, I wanted to ask you, um, you mentioned not um, feeling as if you had the time to address it or experience it. Do you feel that that may have added to you feeling it at nine months later? Oh, definitely. I okay. think that not attending to it and it just cut, you know, things just getting on top of one another than life stresses right. outside mm -hmm. of postpartum right, depression right. Mm -hmm. in addition to that you know and being an educator and you know still trying to portray that that life like everything's okay but inside i'm dying you're mm -hmm. high functioning you know? yeah mm -hmm. but inside yeah the hurt is so I, I went through that a lot so how joyce did you decide to get help 
or when did you decide to seek treatment? I was basically forced to get help. Okay. Um, you know, can I you can walk still us hear that. Of course, I can. I recall hearing even my mom, even prior to the situation happening, her being like, "Listen, like I know what you're going through. Like I experienced this. Your mom did. My mm. mom oh, told wow. me, and she was like, "But in Honduras, where my family's from, we don't have resources. We don't have insurance to cover mm. these things. Mm. We don't have mm. places to go. It's not talked about." Yeah. And I used to be like, okay, yeah, sure, you know, and just kind of keep it going. Mm -hmm. But one day during one of my episodes, I lost it and I attacked uh, my husband at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like just out of frustration, anger, I didn't really care that the kids were there. I got to the point where I just wanted to be alone. Mm -hmm. I didn't want nobody calling me, asking me. And so we, I got into an altercation and, um, I decided to, you know, he called my mom on the phone, was like, listen, your daughter's losing it. It's mm -hmm. in the morning. Like, you need to come over here, but I need your help. Mm -hmm. And so my mom panicked. And so um, I, I left to work. I was like, whatever, I'm leaving with kids. You figure out how to get them. Oh, wow. But as I'm leaving the neighborhood, I see police <laughs> running into the neighborhood. I'm thinking, like, there's no way they're coming for me, oh, you know? Wow. Mm -hmm. And so as I leave, I'm going to work. You know, I get a phone call. My mom's like, listen, I'm scared. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I called the police and you need to come back. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. And I didn't want to come back. Mm -hmm. And I, here I am having to go to work. Mm -hmm. And so I called in with no explanations, got a sub and went back. And at this point, I'm like just kind of tunnel vision. I don't care what like you hear people like wah, 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 wah. But all I, whatever they were going to do, I didn't even care. So when I got back, they're like, ma'am, like you have nothing on you. Look at what your husband looks like. Like we have to take you mm -hmm. in, you know, mm -hmm. because for his safety, we don't know what can happen. Mm -hmm. And again, during that time, I remember being in a trance of not caring. Just take me away and put me in a silent room where nobody's talking mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. But then as I'm driving to county jail, I realize. Oh, my goodness. So they, they took you to jail instead of a hospital. Correct. Mm -hmm. They took me to jail because I had a, assaulted him. Mm -hmm. I see. You know? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, well, can I ask you this? Once you got to county jail and they did an assessment, were you ever transferred to a hospital? No, none of that. I mean, at okay. this time, I'm just like, I'm tired. I'm just a tired mom. Like, yeah. that, you know, there's no conversation about depression, nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um so sorry you had to experience that. Yeah. So, but on the way to jail, I realized, you know, they love teachers on the 11 o'clock news. Mm. You know, I don't want to be on the 11 o'clock news. I, mm -hmm. Teaching is not my job. It's my career. It's my passion. Um, and I panicked a little bit. And so while I did my time in there, you know, the processing, um, it gave me time to reflect Mm -hmm. You know, and so all of a sudden I'm thinking like, OK, I really don't want this environment. Mm -hmm. You know, there there needs to be some type of solution. But did you realize that you had a sickness that mm -hmm. led you to make those decisions based on your behavior patterns? No. OK. Still at this point, you not know, yet. again, okay. I'm not I'm so just kind of associating with being unhappy with life. I'm not mm -hmm. really associating it with anything else. OK. You know, yes. And so uh, once I went through um, the process, went to court, they saw I never had anything on my rec record. Um, part of the deal was I had to seek treatment. Okay. Mm. You know, and still then I didn't want So to. were you, did you stay overnight or was it? Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was less than 24 hours. Okay. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, enough to, um, you know, book and do what they have to do. But mm. um, I think that 
you know, they realized like, okay, she she's kind of going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. Let's try to get her treatment, figure and something out. And in addition, my husband at the time was saying she's going through postpartum depression. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. okay. He was so in the background. So he almost was advocating. Yeah. That's mm. good. Yeah, he that was. He was advocating, you know. Yes. And, um, again, at the time, I'm angry. I'm just like, whatever, you just want me to deal with the kids because that's the attitude you have. You don't see any positive light to it. You don't Mm -hmm. see anything good. And um, your mind is just um, set like that. And so I did seek treatment, and I wasn't excited about it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But it did... um, allow me to just speak out loud things without judgment, without interruption, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of see um, things in a different light. There's two things that kind of remind that experiences. Number one, they did prescribe Zoloft and I wasn't Which too is happy. an antidepressant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did see a difference with it, but I didn't want that to be what necessarily created my happiness, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I did use it for about three months until I felt like I don't need it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and could handle it. And some people, you know, obviously everybody's case is different. We talk about this in a lot of uh, episodes. What works for some may not work for others. Mm-hmm. For me, I was on my antidepressants um, somewhere between four and five months mm-hmm. as well. And then I you know, try to wean myself off. I don't think I did it properly. So the correct way is to allow your doctor to help you mm-hmm. wean yourself off of it instead of, instead of just stopping um, to take it abruptly. Um, so let's go back a little bit and talk about the emotional moods. Um, I want to read a few from Wikipedia and then you can kind of expand on this a little bit. Persistent sadness, which we talked about, anxious mm-hmm. or empty mood, severe mood stre- swings, frustration, irritability, restlessness, anger, which mm-hmm. we talked about that as well. Feelings of hopelessness or helplessness where you feel like you just can't get the help or you don't deserve the help. Um, Was there any guilt or shame, you know, numbness? um, Or did you have any trouble at any point bonding with any of your babies? You know, um, I think the guilt, um, the guilt feeling or even... um, what how this affected my children is even something like recent because my youngest son he is um 10 years old and the other day he randomly was like mom did you not want me when i was Mm. born Mm. and i was like whoa where did that come from and you can't help it but to go back to i mean does he did he sense me crying did he sense because again when i was pregnant with him had just finished having my number two and i had a little bit of those emotions Mm -hmm. you know and so you know i inquired and then you know it made me feel better. And he was like, well, you know, my sister told me I was adopted, you know, like it, and so little things like that. But your guilty conscious or yeah. thinking, how did this really affect That's my it. child? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do um, wonder. I feel like my oldest who got to see it more mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, like something's not right. We're having those conversations now. Which is good. And we'll come mm-hmm. back to that because mm-hmm. I think. Putting them into maybe not necessarily therapy, but allowing them to talk to a professional at some point is probably going to be helpful for them. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, So, well, thank you for sharing some of those symptoms. Um, Back to when you started taking your antidepressants, Mm -hmm. what was next for you in the steps of treatment and how did that affect um, your relationship? Did things get better? Mm-hmm. And did you feel better with your third child? Or was it still just a, a full process of healing? Yeah, I think that um, the Zoloft helped me realize that positive, that good mood that you kind of get in mm-hmm. with it, that I kind of had that organically. 
Mm. you know and so i felt like my actions and how i chose to what to do with my time um kind of fed into that you know Mm. in addition i knew that things that i was experiencing it, it was postpartum but then again maybe it was something wrong with my expectations of the relationship you know, and mm-hmm. so both of those. And that made me realize, which I did not read, but all the doctor had to tell me was, have you read? I had to write it down. So I forget it says, um, I hate you. Don't leave me. Oh. Mm. And I was like, no, but I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't need to read. I feel what and she spoke to me. And so not only was I dealing with the postpartum, but just the personal relationship and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that lack of a better word, I was sane, you yeah. know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for my children. Were you seeing and were you um, seeking treatment from a therapist as well when you went to see the psychiatrist and they prescribed you the antidepressants? Did you also see the seek- therapist? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. That was just part of it. About, yeah, three months. I mean, I'm not going to lie. They said part of my, um, with the courts was I had to do X amount of treatments. Mm -hmm. And that's what I felt like I was going to do. You know, Mm -hmm. like I didn't like necessarily, I learned a lot. But I felt like, okay, this is what all they need me to do. Let me handle everything else on my own without the courts, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. But did I follow up on that? No, not with a professional. How long ago did this take place? Uh, Seven years ago. Have Mm -hmm. you seen um, or seeked treatment from a therapist since then? I have not. Like I I was telling you, like, I feel like I've, uh, and I'm not a doctor, but just... I haven't felt like killing myself since that moment. And mm-hmm. I think that's my benchmark when I'm feeling sad or depressed or something's um, kind of bumming me out. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when um, if somebody's like, are you sad or are you feeling depressed? As long as I don't have that emotion, I feel like I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily right or wrong, but that's, but that's how, how I'm you measuring dealt, myself. Dealt mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you open, though, to going to therapy if you felt like you really needed to? Just on your own, not based on anyone else's Yeah, and I, I am, but I think it's one of those, um, you know, where it's kind of where do I go? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I do? How do I get to that? Um, you know, and we were briefly talking before um, with the show of, like, even as simple as accessing the app, mm-hmm. I almost feel like I need that immediate result. Yeah. Mm. Because it's not till you're feeling kind of bad that all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I need help instead mm-hmm. of preventative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's part of why we exist, mm-hmm. you know, within Silence of Shame as an advocacy organization is to help people get preventative resources and mm-hmm. information. Yeah, I was reading an article on HuffPost.com and this was this was uh, in 2012, but you know, a lot of the stats I'm sure have changed and, and we've had new research out since then, but it talked about Latinas being at a higher risk of postpartum depression due to cultural stigmas. Mm-hmm. And I'll just read a little bit from the beginning. It says, due to cultural stigmas and a lack of access to health care, Latinas may be at high risk for postpartum depression, a form of depression common in women um, who have just given birth. According to Arizona State University, the ideal that women put duty and family above their own needs can often stop Latinas from asking for help from others, and it can lead to feelings of inadequacy, isolation, and even deeper types of depression. Um, 
that will lead to to postpartum depression. Research has indicated Latinas are 37 percent more likely than any other groups to suffer from postpartum depression. Do you think, Joyce, that even given these statistics, right, and the stigma that exists within the Latino community, were you just embarrassed to think that you needed help? Because some of what you said, and I'm obviously grew up in African-American culture, but it's still communities of color, right? And the stigma is still strong, I think, in society at large, as well as in our own um, community groups. Because it feels like you you were saying you can do this on your own, but we want listeners to know that you don't have to do this mm-hmm. on your own. Mm-hmm. And nothing's wrong with whether you're an educator or you worked in the entertainment industry like me and you were this high-powered executive or mm-hmm. you're this content guru like free. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we all need help and it's okay with not being okay and it's okay to allow other people to help us. Like It doesn't make us any less of a person to seek out treatment or therapy or even if we go through treatment or therapy and we feel ourselves slipping back, we don't have to do this on our own. Mm-hmm. I just want to know kind of what your thoughts on I that. mean, when you... Not to say that any of that is right or no, wrong. No, no, no. I mean, I'm glad you're calling me out on this because it's true. Like, I haven't seen treatment because there is a little bit of that embarrassment that is part of, like, you know, I'm a strong woman. I got this. I think a lot know? of women feel like that. Yeah. No matter, again, mm-hmm. what your zip code or nationality mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I think in the Latino community, um, because the women are so much of head of the household and do take on a lot, um, it's something that's kind of swept under the rug, Mm -hmm. you know, and moms don't cry in front of the kids. You know, there is that that stigma that, you know, they just don't have mental issues, you know. But this is a conversation that thankfully um, with programs like, you know, Silence to Shame, we're having these conversations. Mm -hmm. And now more and more, I think we need to have them with our younger kids, Mm -hmm. you know, with Mm -hmm. a elementary kids so they can hear the words understand it recognize some of the behaviors and like you said ask for help yeah Um, but yes within our community we're not talking about it you know again we're just so grateful that you're here talking and sharing you don't know how many people that you're going to help today and especially within your own community just very proud of you for standing up and and we hope that you'll consider being a silence of shame ambassador yeah i would love to you know um i wasn't necessarily silencing the shame but um you know I knew that one day my mug shot would be found by my students. Kids are too savvy, you know. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I one day I was sitting in a classroom Mm -hmm. and there was something about the energy in the room that I was like, (laughs) oh, my gosh, they're about to ask me. And this kid raises his hand. It's like I see it in slow motion. Like, Miss Maestra, you're known for keeping it real. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so I heard you have a mugshot on the internet. Wow. And I said, and you're right. And I kept teaching. <laughs> and they How were did like, you feel at that moment? Though? I was did like, heart my heart hurt? was like, and, but I, yeah. the whole, everybody was like, <gasps> gasping. Yeah. And then this other kid, you know, raises his hand. He's like, can you tell us why? Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I got in a fight. And mm-hmm. then this other kid raises his hand. Did you win? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I knew at that time, these are kids. They're yeah. asking these questions. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, here you go, Joyce. You have not hidden this because you knew one day you wanted to have a voice for women who experience this. Mm-hmm. And so I told them, you know, I was like, I made a lesson out of it. I was like, postpartum, post means after, partum, giving birth. Mm-hmm. So after I gave birth, I explained to them things I experienced and that I ended up getting into a fight. And so, um, you know, they were very appreciative. They were like, mm-hmm. you could have just said none of your business to us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so later that night, I get a phone call from a parent. 
And I'm like, oh. You knew that was going to come at you some know? point. Yeah. And she said, Miss Maestra, thank you. Really? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to my daughter. She had twins at the school and she was like, you know, they get it now. They understand what I'm going through. They're washing dishes, doing the laundry. They realize that at the end of the day, I just may need help while Mm -hmm. I'm going through this. Mm -hmm. And that little one call made a whole difference. And that's why I was like, you know what? I have this story, this platform that I want to get out there because, you know, many people are silencing the shame when it comes to postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And it had to be the right timing. And I think about maybe a year or two ago, I started following you guys on Instagram. Really? Has it been that long? Yeah. That's really dope. That's awesome. But, you know, I'm Atlanta everything, and I love mm-hmm. Atlanta, and I knew you were from Atlanta. And so I was like, you know what? Like, it kept speaking to me. Yeah. But I didn't know how, yeah. what, when. Mm-hmm. But I knew I was like, I ha- I'm not going to hide this. And so when I saw you at the airport, <laughs> you know, like stalker, I was like, I know her. You know, you feel like you know people. I follow her. We're friends. But, you know, this energy, like I kept walking because I didn't want to disturb you. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I have to go tell her my story. Mm-hmm. because. And I'm so grateful you came. If right. someone is going to want to hear this or have a or just I don't even know. I yeah. was like, I'm going to share it. And that's when I just went up to you and didn't even let you speak and just started talking to you. So mm-hmm. is this the first interview that you're doing publicly? Ever. Okay. Mm. That's big. Yeah. Thank you for that. No, thank you. Thank so you. So grateful to you. Because like, you I've been no waiting idea. for this moment. Just so the listeners out there, you know, if you feel like you're experiencing postpartum depression, you know, you have to share it with somebody. You have to tell somebody and seek treatment. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. Free, I know you had a question. I'm just yeah. I'm so like, I can't thank mm-hmm. you enough for being vulnerable, being transparent, and choosing silence to shame as a safe place space and platform to share we're truly grateful to be able to do this work and to honor people like yourself with with their stories to empower other people yeah mm-hmm. so yeah no, just thank, thank you. you i um i wanted to ask from the perspective well first of all shout out to your husband being able to recognize it at that time and advocating for it mm-hmm. um but i wanted to ask about like the relationship between you and your children during that time what did it look like um what did it feel like also from your lens and I know that you were saying you felt that at times your husband would, you're like, oh, you just want me to be um, mm-hmm. deal with the kids. You know, there's a lot of pressure sometimes that like automatically you, not only did you go through the pregnancy with the child, but as soon as the child comes out, they're almost like naturally they need you mm-hmm. specifically all the time. What was that relationship and lens like of motherhood experiencing that? Yeah, to be quite honest, I think that when I had at first all three at one time and, you know, it was almost like a blur. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew my duties. I knew what I was doing. But as far as enjoying those moments, like and and postpartum, you're not like depressed all the time. Mm. You know, it's definitely okay. a roller coaster of a feeling. You know, you may be at a birthday party, celebrating first birthday. Everybody's feeling good. So it's a little bit of a roller coaster ride. But I'll be honest, I feel like some of the, the experience of motherhood was almost like a blur, mm. you know, mm. during mm-hmm. that time. And thank goodness for Facebook memories. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, that's what we did. But, you know, um, to be quite honest, that's how it feels. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. How did things change once you got treatment um, with your marriage? Mm-hmm. Do you think um, experiencing postpartum depression and not being able to recognize it 
did it hurt your relationship at all? Yeah, I believe it did. You know, I think that going through that, I mean, it's when I go back and reflect, you know, when I had to go back and look at the relationship and what, what went wrong, mm-hmm. um, I put him through postpartum depression. You know, guys mm-hmm. can go through postpartum depression. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. And so I feel that when I look at him, I'm like, dang, like it was, it was just not about me. It was symptoms he was going through, too, and um, you know, depression and weight loss. But again, to me, I'm like, oh, he's a man. He doesn't go through that, you know, mm-hmm. definitely not considering him. But it did affect the relationship. Mm-hmm. And again, um, I don't want postpartum to be any, a reason of why maybe my relationship necessarily failed because there was other things, mm-hmm. but it didn't help the situation. Mm. So I want to talk about, um, you know, we, one of my questions earlier was, can men experience, you know, postpartum depression? We, and we just said it. So I, I Googled on, I love Google, uh, on a website about postpartum. Um, and there's a site called postpartummen.com. And so I want to talk a little bit about PPND. It's paternal postnatal depression. And it's a common condition. Who knew? Among men after the birth of a child. And some of the risk factors um, for any men that's listening, um, research shows that um, these may increase your chances of experiencing PPND, a lack of sleep, change in hormones, personal history of depression, poor relationship with spouse, poor relationship with one or both parents, relationship stress with a partner or in-laws, excessive stress about becoming a parent or a father, poor social functioning, economic problems, limited resources, and so forth. So those are just a few things that you can ask your your doctor or mental health professional so you can get a PPND assessment if need be. and I think with my husband, he had like excessive weight gain. Really? That came with his. That was okay. apparent. And um, when we, you know, and I remember him mentioning and being like, oh, whatever, just having too many Twinkies. But when we go back through the image or pictures, mm-hmm. like you could almost see the weight gain, his weight gain with birth. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, people try to give you so much advice about being a parent mm-hmm. and when you have a baby, but no one ever talks about the postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's, that's very never true. mentioned. Yeah. No mm-hmm. one ever says, hey, by the way, you know, just in case, you know, because experience is supposed to be so pretty and vibrant and lovely. But um, it could be very dangerous if, you know, if you don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm just so grateful that you're speaking up um, because the stigma is still so prevalent in the Latino community. Um, I think there's a lot that needs to happen within that space around education mm-hmm. and awareness. Uh, are you familiar with NAMI.org? NAMI.org? Mm-hmm. I'm not. Okay, so we're going to give you some information today. NAMI.org is probably the largest advocacy organization or one of the largest around mental health awareness in the country. And they have a section on their website under Latino mental health. And it's just a great kind of general overview of what um, people in the Latino community may experience, how it affects them. Um, one is important because um, from a cultural competence standpoint, I think it's important that people understand the person's beliefs, their norms, their values, their language. It plays a key role, including in your mental health. So cultural competence, competence is a doctor's ability to recognize and understand the mm. role culture yours and the doctors, right, plays in different treatment and to adapt to this reality so it can meet your needs. Unfortunately, research has shown lack of cultural competence in mental health care, mm-hmm. uh, I think for several different cultures, right? This results in a misdiagnosis and inadequate treatment. Latinos and other multicultural communities tend to receive poor quality of care. Sometimes we just find that there are not enough 
mental health clinicians that look like us. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's important that you do your research and do your homework and try to find. And that's not to say that you cannot be treated from someone that does not look like you. But sometimes it does come. Culture comes into play. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important for the Latino community, the African-American community, even the Asian community and beyond that as communities of color, we find people that understand our needs from a cultural perspective and can help treat us properly. Right. Um, So it's important to do the research, do the homework. And as an advocacy organization, we always just want to put out as much information, you know, as we can. Um, how old are your kids now, Joyce, and how do you feel like you're doing now? And what do you do for self-care, which is something we yeah. talk a lot about. Um, once you get treated for your mental health challenge or disorder, or even if you're still in treatment, what do you do during that process or even after now that you feel like you're kind of you're whole again? How do you find that loving relationship within yourself so that you can be a happy mom to your kids yeah so I have a 15 year old 11 year old and 10 year old and so um, I'm very much aware of mental health issues because of what I experienced Mm -hmm. that I try to um, make sure I talk to them a little you know things especially my high schooler you know Mm -hmm. um, with things that she's going through Um, just kind of having those conversations um I'm a teacher and I'm definitely a mother, but one thing I'm not great is def- being a counselor. So mm. sometimes when I tell her, listen, if there's things that you can't talk to me about, there's trained people, professionals. Absolutely. Within their schools. Within the yeah. schools that you can yeah. kind of talk to because I know it could be kind of hard to um, speak uh, with me about um, certain things. Right. So, um, again, just having that conversation so that they are aware of it. Um, And as far as self-care, you know, I would love this card. It talks about things that you can do for self-care. I mean, one of the things I definitely love to do is dance. I don't Mm. think there's a morning I don't dance. So, you know, I love salsa, I love hip hop. I love bachata. I love a little bit of everything, you know. Um, but you know, you met me at the airport cause one of the things I love to do is travel. Uh, me too. Mm-hmm. You know? That's so, a great form of self-care it for is. me. What's your favorite and place you've so, ever been to? Um, well, I would say my favorite road trip, even though I was a kid, I would love to do it again is, uh, we drove from Atlanta to Honduras. What? I know. Mm. People were wow. like, you can't do that. No, you can. It's all connected. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, it was seven days and we stopped every night. But I think just a row, old school road trip yeah. you know, is one of my favorite experiences. But, um, you know, our that country. Yeah. The United mm-hmm. States has mm-hmm. beautiful places that it we does. tend to forget. Mm-hmm. You know, Phoenix, mm-hmm. Arizona is one of my favorites, too. But, um, nice. I, you know, I just I love traveling. I love being by water I love white noise so Mm -hmm. um you know that's how I do self-care that's awesome um wow and so I really hope that you're open to start sharing more and talking there's some wonderful groups here in the Atlanta area that I'm going to put you in touch with one is the Respect Institute and and one is NAMI Georgia and they have um sometimes they offer these one-day classes where they teach you more about how to share your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you wanted to get out there and earn a little extra money yeah. on the side by sharing your story, I think it could be really powerful for you. Um, Free, do you have any more questions? Um, No, I think that this has all been insightful. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to ask you one last question. What is the single most thing that you want our listeners to take away from the journey of healing and through this process as a mother who has experienced postpartum depression? That every problem has a solution and the solution doesn't have to be death. 
You know, mm -hmm. every problem mm -hmm. has a solution. And uh, whether you send silence, you know, the shame, a message on Instagram or you reach out to your best friend, talk to somebody mm -hmm. because, um, you know, that's that's what kind of helped me to during that process is talking to my best friends about it and not feeling ashamed. Mm. Wow. Thank you so, so Thank much. You. Thank you very um, much. Again, this is an important time that we're doing this interview. It is May. The month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we just want to put as much information and resources out into the marketplace as possible. We always like to end the episode with providing resources. So, of course, you can visit us at silenceashame.com. You can follow us on Instagram at silenceashame, on Facebook and Twitter at silencethashame. We post a lot of helpful information. But as it relates specifically to postpartum, you can visit NAMI.org, N-A-M-I.org, um, and type in postpartum depression, or you can type in, you know, Latino mental health or um, African-American mental health or just overall, you know, um, disorders that affect all communities and ethnicities. And then there's some really great um, sites around postpartum depression. Try postpartumhealthalliance.org or the Postpartum Support International Group, and their website is postpartum.net. Also, the March of Dimes. You know, they do a mm -hmm. lot around, you know, babies and children. So visit marchofdimes.org, and there's a, a section on postpartum on there. Another one is postpartumprogress.com, which I was really, really impressed with this particular site. They have a ton of resources from a worldwide perspective on postpartum. So if you're in Australia or Canada, Ireland, Scotland, New Zealand, South Africa, England, you know, which is the United Kingdom and the United States, it's so many. And, and also when you get into the United States, they have organizations based on your state. So again, that site is postpartumprogress.com. So please visit them. And the last one for men, which we talked about, um, postpartummen.com mm -hmm. is really, really amazing. So I, we, I think, are going to start covering postpartum a lot more um we have some other moms that we want to talk to one of our kind of resident yeah, um, yeah professionals um dr april umstead we're going to have her back on the show to share and then someone that i just recently started following on instagram and you guys can follow her it's life after birth underscore la her name is molly and she is a licensed psychotherapist. Um, she teaches yoga and she's a mom and she offers a, a postpartum support circle group. So I would love for you, Joyce, mm -hmm. to follow her. Um, she's really amazing. And um, I think she's based on the West Coast, but we're going to have her on the show to share. So if you are interested in being a part of the Silence the Shame podcast, send us an email at info at silencetheshame.com. Uh, we are still, uh, even though, you know, our text to give campaign was last week, we're still raising funds. Our goal this year is to try to raise a million dollars so we can continue doing this advocacy work as we start to even enter into new communities. Mm -hmm. We're grateful that this is our first entree, if you will, into the Latino community. Yeah. Um, si silencio la pena. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like it. Yes, we got to get a drop. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. That is amazing. So, and um, this Sunday is actually Mother's Day. So, happy Mother's Day to everyone. Oh, yeah. How do you say um, happy Mother's Day in Spanish? Feliz Dia de la Madre. Feliz, Feliz Dia, Dia de, de la, la madre. madre. There you go. I love mm -hmm. that. And to all the moms who may have experienced or feeling any of the symptoms, you know, don't be afraid to seek help. It does not mean that you are a bad mother. Right. It means right. that you maybe have an illness, just like, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, people get cancer or they have diabetes or high blood pressure. Postpartum depression is a real illness. And it's common. 
it is common. There's treatment out there for it, and you can get through it as well as grow through it and um, get and back to being your happy self. And can only increase your your wellness of being a mother, as a matter of fact, to seek help. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. again, thank you. This is episode 26, which is one of my favorite episodes right now of mm-hmm. the Silent to Shame podcast. I am your host, Shanti Das. Free the vision. And we want you to listen to this podcast. Rate, subscribe, share, and comment. And again, remember to take time, save a life, and silence the shame. you or anyone you love needs a hand, please shine light on the darkness. Spark the conversation. It's time we silence the shame. Let's talk about it.